Hello and welcome to the original podcast. I'm your host, Jamie C. Foster from the YouTube channel known as Insider Mind, and my co-host is Eric Nielsen from the YouTube channel known as The Looney Turtle. Hello everyone and welcome to another lovely episode of this lovely podcast. Uh, today guess, we, oh, uh, oh, oh, you're going to okay. interrupt me then. Uh, I was going to just introduce the guest, were you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I introduced the guest, okay? Okay, okay fine. You do, you do, you <laughs> There's plenty of me to go around, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll both introduce the guest, okay? Go. I'll introduce, there you go, you see. Uh, I, I've got notes. Be in sync. I'll just leave it up to you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, our guest today is none other than the man behind the creepy and insanely popular Twitter account known as The Sun Vanished. Please welcome Aiden Elliott. Yay. Yay, see? Welcome. See, I had it written down, and you just interrupted me. I'm very disappointed. Yep, Don't I, get I in between am, the man I'm and his notes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined my notes. I was in the zone. Okay, how are you today, though, Aiden? I'm great. I'm doing great. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so I brought you onto the podcast today because I get a lot of messages as we were discussing earlier before this podcast actually started, yeah, that um, uh, about TSV and where it's gone because it has gone on a bit of a hiatus on Twitter, and there's not many people uh, who are aware of what's happening now. And so I think the perfect thing to start this podcast with is you kind of explaining what has happened to the Twitter account and what you're currently doing now or, or planning to do uh, for the future of it. Yeah. So. Um... Man, where do I start? There's a lot of aspects to this <laughs> that I kind of feel like I gotta tackle. Um, yeah. One of one of the main things is that um, the the thing that I've noticed with the Twitter account that has been a constant issue, and I'm sure other people have noticed, um, is sort of these uh, these like giant gaps in time in between tweets, and um, it's something that I've been wrestling with. Uh, since really the beginning of of the Twitter account, having this whole arc to uh, unpack, and I want to make sure I'm doing everything the right way, and and like preparing all of these, um, you know, pyrotechnics, if you will, you know, stuff, uh, all these things that happen on the Twitter that make it exciting, make it interesting, um, the continuity, the characters, all of it. Um, so I want to I want to get that down the right way. Um, but the thing that I'm realizing, especially coming towards the end of this arc, is that I, I think it's sort of, it's slowing things down as much as I like having a huge long arc that spans over like a year and a half, uh, as fun as that is, it's also a lot to keep up with. And so I'm trying to, like what the, the main thing that's been keeping uh, the Twitter account from going right now has been me sort of like going back to the drawing board in a lot of ways of how do I want how do I how do I want to tackle this from here on out like after this arc completes like where do I want to go with the Twitter account do I even want to go anywhere do I want to just cut it off here um, and the thing that I've sort of realized is that oh man there's like a lot of potential in this universe that I feel like is untapped and I'm I'm holding on to these characters which is great don't get me wrong um but i feel like there's a lot more that I could do with this that could be fun and could be uh much more painless um to to do if i if i like restructure all of this into more like smaller vignette uh like short stories kind of more something along the lines of like the twilight zone or or, or that sort of idea black mirror 
that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so I've kind of been restructuring and, and, and planning out stuff with, for that. And also trying to make sure that the finale to this arc is uh, done the right way. Um, and also the other aspect that I haven't talked about yet is the, is the web series, the cinematic web series that I've also been working on uh, since uh, around July. Well, it's been before then, but July is when things really kicked in. Um, okay. So, uh, and for those of you who don't know about that, I'm, uh, I announced in July that I'm making a cinematic web series set in the TSV universe uh, that will be on YouTube and it'll be like a, like an episodic format sort of anthology following different characters in this universe with all the things going on. Um, so, so I'm like tackling like all of these things and trying to, <laughs> trying to, you know, uh, cross my T's and dot my I's uh, with all of this, <laughs> which has been, you know, it's been kind of cumbersome, but I feel like, I feel like I'm making leeway. And I'm and I'm really mm-hmm. excited for for where it's going from here on out. All right. Do you have um, an idea when the uh, web series is going to come out? Are you close to um, getting nearer that deadline, or uh, have you not started filming yet? I unfortunately have not started filming yet. I ah, okay. Um, I had some setbacks because I I was moving I was moving too quickly. So in July, I announced I announced that it was happening, and I felt I felt good about it. I had um, most of my cast casted, um, had people on board. It was all uh, going well. And then I sort of realized that I had a deadline coming up because I had all these people who, um, you know, have their own schedules, have their own lives, and a lot of them going to college uh, in and around, you know, fall and not being not being able to uh, uh, have as much time available to towards this, towards my thing. So... Um, so it's like, I was like butting up against these deadlines and like scrambling to get all the writing done and get like all of like, all of the production, like for those of you who don't know, like production, like production for something, even on this scale, which I would argue is still pretty small is still like, there's a lot of overhead stuff that needs to be, um, completed to make it a well-oiled machine and to let it all run smoothly, uh, while you're on set. And so there's a lot of things. So as all of this was going on, and I just kind of realized that I think I was moving too quickly with it, and I and I could have, I totally could have made it work, um, but I also was starting to feel like the quality would be compromised if I continued. So I kind mm-hmm. of like kind of cut my losses and like I'm kind of going back. Um, I haven't rewritten anything. Like the like, all the writing is still there, and I'm and I'm very excited for it. I think it's really solid. Um, but mm-hmm. as far as the production schedule, it's I've cut way back, so I can actually do things the right way, um, which would be much slower than the original timeline was looking like. Sorry if that was over. <laughs> that was an over analysis of it all, but that's like no, no, no. That's fine. <laughs> it's very, very insightful. Uh, we yeah. do always appreciate it when someone elaborates. In depth on their uh, creative process, they're always the best when we bring on the to the podcast. When it's short answers, it's a little harder because yeah, it was really funny. We, we've had a few people on before where we've got a couple of questions, and Eric always convinces me that that's enough questions. <laughs> it's fine, and then we'll ask them, and then it'll be the it'll be the one time where they answer it with short answers. <laughs> then we're kind oh, of out man. of questions, and we're like, oh yeah, um, 
So how you been? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, seen any films lately? <laughs> how's, uh, how's the weather today? Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that with me. I'm. I, okay. I can like. <laughs> I can like talk for hours about anything. I feel. Like. I feel like I talk too much when it comes to these things. But maybe that's the dream for hosts. Yeah, ex- yeah, it's the dream for <laughs> exactly. us. We just get to listen to stories. I mean, this is the, it's the main reason why I've put this together, to just kind of speak to people, get into their heads, and and just kind of um, get a feel of how they tick and how they put things together. We just interviewed um, Eric's uh, professor from his university, Crick Killen, who's been in uh, a lot of iconic movies from the 80s, and he has some great stories. He can tell a story. Wow. Um, and it was just fascinating to listen to uh, how he got into the business, because he got into the business and started on um, one of his first jobs. Was it Blade Runner, uh, Eric? I can't remember. Oh, wow. exactly. I, one of it, yeah. I think that was one of his first projects. Definitely yeah. one of his first... Well, his very, very first project was one that doesn't exist anymore called moby dick in space but yeah he designed that sounds amazing where can i see yeah i know right (laughs) (laughs) he says he's not sure where it is but um yeah he he got hired from that because he designed a suit or something and restructured some parts of the script that he thought he was going to get in trouble for but yeah he designed that helped design the city for blade runner you know basically that futuristic city that every movie copies of after now that's incredible big part in yeah it's it's insane so that's one of the reasons why I'm happy that we started this podcast, just to speak to creators like you as well, um, just to get into your mind and, and hear about your creative process. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do you, when do you actually, do you have an idea of when you're going to bring back the Twitter account uh, for The Sun Vanished? Is, there, is that... Fairly soon. Like, that's like... Fairly soon. That's sort of... Like, that's also another thing that I was struggling with over the summer of like um like i I, you know i kind of realized like i have a lot of stuff that i'm juggling here i need to like (laughs) reprioritize so the so the priority list right now is get this arc of tsv done and then right and then move on and and probably will um take a break because i sort of want to um it's going to be a an interesting and and tricky um thing of like where i'm putting my footing with it but i i sort of want to re uh sort of rethink about how how much in game and how much out of game i want for the tsv account because right now and this has been i mean this has always been the topic of debate for the the arg veterans i feel like that <laughs> um that uh well you know how much like how much how much should there be of like you know what is really immersion breaking like is like you know like out of game discussion like immersion breaking is the creator coming out as the creator immersion breaking all the stuff and i just i almost want to just kind of like dive in head first and see see how much i can get away with as far as um kind of having a more integrated out of game avenue because there's a lot of people who still don't know that i'm the creator of the sun vanished so i'm hoping oh yeah the yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of them. It's um, wild. It's crazy. Um, it's where one of the reasons I'm bringing you on here because there's still so many that don't <laughs> actually know it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, so I'm I'm sort of wanting to to alleviate some of that and and be like, okay, like like it would be great. Um, like you see, like these other creators, like um, like I know it's it's much smaller, but like uh, uh smaller in scope, I mean, but like uh, Trevor Henderson is one that comes to mind. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. are familiar with his work. 
Um, but, I'm not sure what what was it he's done. He does. Um, he just basically what he does is he puts like he makes these um, creatures. Um, I, I I assume digitally, and he like creates like like almost like like found footage pictures of these of these monsters that he creates with little backstories attached to them. Um, All right. And he posts them on like Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. So he's more of like he's more on the. Um, artistic spectrum of things like i think most people just consider him like how you would treat like a comic artist um yeah okay but like i'm kind of in love with that idea of just like like god like i want i want to be able I, i'm i'm tired of being the guy behind the shadows when it comes to this particular project because i just feel like it mm-hmm. it sort of gets in the way more than it helps me um including just being able to tell the story uh I feel like there's a lot of obstacles there. Definitely. I, I think it's one of the main problems um, that might actually push people away from this particular area. The the feeling that, well, you, you can't get noticed once you've created one project. It's hard to move on to something else because you're basically, it feels like you're starting again because no one knew who you were to begin with. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I just want to like, honestly, more than anything, I just want to like, totally break that fallacy because I, mm-hmm. I i really do feel like it's a logical fallacy of like oh like you have to um be in the shadows to yeah. be an arg creator i said no screw that i don't like that's not how the rest of the world works no. like that's not how the entertainment industry works um and if we want this medium to grow like i feel like we need to put ourselves out there more and be like you know like hey we've got we've got portfolios here we've got stuff that we're doing that's really great and and groundbreaking and i i want that stuff on my record man i want that i want to be able to use stuff like the sun vanished to to help me elsewhere in life and i think i think it's really possible it's just breaking these um these uh, almost rituals that have developed through uh with lack of a better term arg traditionalism of like this is the way we've done it Therefore, this is the way it always has to be because we've done it, always done it this way. Yeah, it's it's one of the, um, uh, I mean, you know, the closest you guys can get to getting exposure is, is relying on channels that cover you to actually say that this is the creator, but it shouldn't be exactly. like that. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can't just yeah. expect them to be able to just tell everyone who it is. Uh, yeah, it needs to be from a from you coming out and announcing that this is, this is it. I was just looking up... Um, a recent ARG, well, not well, it's not recent. It was like um, it was a very long time ago. I watched a documentary of it just recently, something about the Jejun Institute, um, and I think towards the end of that, they actually did come forward and announced that it was all a game, and they kind of had like this little party towards the end. Um, and, mm. and I don't remember people being angry that the creator stepped forward to announce it was all fictional. They were more just disappointed in the, the story's conclusion. Um, mm. So I that that's all I kind of heard from the problems. So maybe there is you know, it, people are open to the idea that you know creators stepping forward and announcing the game is over now, you can all go home. Uh, yeah. They're not too worried about that. It's it's more about they want to that if they get a satisfying conclusion, I think they'll be they'll probably be happy with it. That's fair. Yeah, I definitely yeah I definitely want to give that. I have have some cool ideas, and I hope 
I just hope they, uh, I hope I can pull it off. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, well, fingers crossed. I mean, you work on, I've seen you work on a lot of things and you, you've clearly got a lot of ideas in your head. And so um, it'd be a shame if you obviously just went around in the shadows constantly moving from project to project and starting from the ground up each time. It's, sure. It'd be better to actually have a place where, you know, everyone knows who you are and you can just share your projects one by one, uh, whichever one you decide to work on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess since we've kind of got that particular part out of the way and we're talking about ARGs, um, what was what, what exactly got you into alternate reality games? Uh, is there anyone in particular that stood out that inspired yeah, you? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely uh, Marble Hornets. Ah. Even though some would argue that is not even an ARG. Um, but that was my first sort of introduction into the idea of like using like using uh, social media platforms to tell a story in a very um, cinematic way. Like I still feel like like the way that Marble Hornets was pulled off still feels very cinematic in a weird way to me that I is like a feeling that I don't feel like is captured um as often with with newer projects i don't know what it is there's something about it maybe i mean maybe it's just nostalgia maybe i'm just you know <laughs> no i think there is definitely I, th- I think a part of it is is the fact that it was one of the original ones um that it was very different to what um anything was at the time and uh i mean that that particular story inspired the slenderman game because like there's so many different right. things in there like the the, yeah. the pages the uh the big red building in the game that's in the in marble hornets the tunnel yeah. um apparently i saw an interview with the creators of marble hornets and they said that they the creator reached out to them at some point before you know the game went took off um, well, yeah, and even um, uh, the the sort of semi sequel slash reboot slash whatever you want to call <laughs> yeah. it the 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 arrival slender the arrival yeah um, was had the the uh, the sack guys the creators of Marvel oh, Hornets yeah. involved. I don't remember. I th- if I remember correctly, I think they were producers or like creative consultants or was, something. Was but. something like that? Yeah, they worked on it, and so so you think that it. It inspired that that show inspired a creature. You know, even though Slenderman uh, wasn't created by them, they they were the reason why that game was created and why the game took off. Yeah, um, for sure. So you don't really see that happen with many other things. I think the closest thing that had that big of an impact was Five Nights at Freddy's, but that wasn't an alternate reality game. That just had things hidden in the game. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thinking about it, I don't think anything has been as big as that or inspired something as as well as that. A lot of the newer things have been based off of it or, or followed suit. Right. Um, yeah. There's, there's there hasn't been many things that have stepped out of that area. Um, yeah, which is fascinating. Like, yeah. I think of how like that's that um is that yeah they, like they just celebrated their ten year anniversary. Oh yeah, it's twenty nineteen. 10 years isn't that insane Jeez. it's been 10 years that's crazy um did they say they which, were making a comic book on that yeah i think i think the comic book is is out i think oh. um yeah it's a uh, uh, troy ah Troy's yeah behind troy. it yeah i don't know i i don't know i've heard i've heard mitch things about <laughs> yeah. it, um, but we don't <laughs> okay. we don't have to go there we don't no 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 it's fine we, we, we can we can um, go into something else but yeah that's that is crazy that it's 10 years ago when that came out and that's still 
kind of holds up. I mean, I don't think I enjoyed the last season as much, but I still enjoyed it nonetheless because I followed it all the way to to the end, uh, especially compared to like other web series. I don't think there's anything that's been quite like it. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things that people experiment with, but but it's all kind of round. There's a lot of inspirations from Marble Hornets. Um, yeah, which is wild just because it's not like... It was certainly not the first of its kind. Like I think it, um, I think it did a lot of new things. But it was, I mean, certainly for for people like quote unquote ARG veterans, like that was like like Marvel Horns was like okay, yeah, like we've been <laughs> we've been immersed in this for a while. Like you guys are just now getting, but um, but to me, I don't know. I think I think it hit, also hit me at the right time because I was. Guys, it's crazy to admit this, but I was, I was in middle school at the time. I was in like sixth or seventh grade when I came across it, and it blew my mind. I was like, "Oh my god, this is great! This is terrifying! I love this." <laughs> um, and there was just nothing. I don't know. There's just not like to have like um, the perfect kind of sort of surreal thriller aspects of it. Um, yeah, that I agree definitely still hold up in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just a lot of that. Just the, just the tone and the atmosphere alone. Like, mm. I, like the story itself, I am definitely interested in, and I love sort of the, um, at least theorized what everything with Marvel Hornets is is really about as far as the the allegories. Yeah. Um, but but all of that aside, like the tone and atmosphere, I could just eat that up for hours and hours yeah i think it's it's part of the it, the story and the mystery that was behind of it i'm trying to think of the stuff that actually happened at around a similar time and what was different like lonely lonely girl 15 for example i think was one of the right. very very first ones but yeah. it took a while to get into the story and eventually it kind of just went round in circles a lot uh, from what i remember Whereas Marble Hornets, it started instantly. It get, it got straight to the point. It's found these tapes, going to be looking through them. There's something odd about them. Each upload is going to be one of these tapes that I found, and I'm uploading them. So it instantly yeah. gets your attention. Yeah. Um, I think my dad's tapes happened around at a similar time, but I can't remember how exactly that went, um, if that took a while to get into the story or, or not, but um, or if that started after Marble Hornets. I but, think I think that was after. That might have been after. Right. Fair enough. So was Marble Hornets um, the first one with the I found these tapes, or was that was there actually something before that? I'm rocking my brain. I, I don't think so. I, I mean, mm. at least not anything that really, not really that uh, made cemented it. itself. Yeah. Um, mm. which is interesting because that's I mean that's like that's a genius setup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, crazy. That's like. I'm sure there's like studio executives and, and producers out there who are like, God, I wish I came up with that first and <laughs> used it in a show or something. Cause it's really, it's great. You can, you know, it's a format, but it has endless possibilities. Like you could do anything with that if you wanted. And I think that's also why, um, that idea is sort of carried on through like Slenderverse, albeit much less, um, masterfully crafted. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think a lot of people share the sentiment that it's that it's a really cool premise and a really cool format, and to use it in different ways and have twists and turns with it is really exciting and and automatically injects mystery 
even if even if the um the story itself is weak which is also fascinating to me yeah did you ever um get around to watching marble hornets eric uh yes uh, i believe i watched the entire series oh did you what did you think of it yeah i don't think i um, asked you <laughs> I, I don't think I liked the ending. It's been a while since I watched it, so I'm not quite a uh, little fuzzy on the details, but I, I don't remember liking the ending because it didn't really seem like a conclusion. Right, okay. But uh, overall, the series itself was very interesting, the, the way that they um, introduced Slenderman, the way they kind of avoided, like the entire time they avoided explaining what Slenderman was and what his powers were. They left yeah. it kind of ambiguous That's always, throughout the series. Yeah. yeah, I remember seeing them a few times. At, uh, well, I didn't personally go see them, watch some videos on them because I was big fans of the thing at the time, uh, where they went to some conventions and they started explaining about the ending they had planned. And they, they said that they had a lot of... They, they kind of realized that they didn't have to answer everything. They could leave some things unanswered. And I think yeah. that, that that's what can... That's what is a, that is a good thing to... To have you know you don't have to answer everything you can leave some things up to the imagination um and i think that's what can stick with people for a while as well when not everything is sorted similar because gravity falls did a similar thing not every it, the main points were given an answer and it finished but there's still a lot of things lingering in there for people yeah. to theorize on um yeah and i mean lost yeah is, is similar in that as well um which i'm a I'm a big lost apologist. <laughs> you... I really, uh, I really love the ending. Oh, I do feel you? like I'm the only one sometimes. Yeah. Ah. And I, I think. How do you, how do you feel about the ending? <laughs> I'm, I'm not exactly that impressed with it. Um, it's, it, That's you know, fair. yeah, I, I don't think I, I'm like, uh, you know, what everyone else was like. Well, what the hell was that ending? I, I can't stand it. I, I was just, um, like, okay. That's fair. I think it, it kind of... The whole series as a whole lost me a little bit. I wasn't as invested in it once season four started. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Then that makes, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. So I think when I was just like... I kind of got to season six, I was like, I just want to kind of get through it at this point. And then when it <laughs> happened, I was like, okay, that's the ending. I watched it. I, I don't I personally don't... <laughs> I personally love those first three seasons. Um, yeah, that's the thing that I hear from everyone. Yeah. Um, oh, really? <laughs> and I, I totally get it. I to, no, I don't. No, I don't. I totally get it. Um, because yeah. you kind of like again, it's that I almost I almost would say that maybe maybe the problem that people have with Lost is that they say it's like too ambiguous. But I wonder if it's not ambiguous enough as far as like the themes because um, through like seasons one through three, you have this idea of like like they set it up very clearly man of science man of faith you know mm -hmm, like yeah. you have these different sides of like um uh you know like what is what is fate what is free will and which one is like right or like or like which one works uh which one wins and um like you like toying with those ideas and those questions is really fun um but i think it loses i think the series loses people when it tries to answer those questions to me the answers that lost provides are totally um i, I don't know i just feel it feels consistent enough where mm -hmm. 
I I really really enjoyed it. Um, but I totally get like you have to be like if you're not on board by season four, you're like not you're really not gonna like uh, <laughs> season six. Um, yeah, I, I I that's fair. That's fair. While you did say that you felt like you were the only lost apologist, but I think um, you'll be happy because I introduced you to my mate Jacob Suggs. I'm sure he actually likes the, the ending of Lost, so you could speak oh, to him about it. Yeah, there yes. you go. <laughs> Finally. Finally. Finally, another you're, one you're, out there. <laughs> you're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> yeah. there, there are other people who like that ending. Well, I almost wonder, I almost wonder though, like thinking back on it, I, I'm going through, the reason why I brought it up is because I'm going through and re-watching it recently. So it's been, ah. it has been a while since I've seen season six. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm about to come back on it. So maybe I'll Ooh. maybe I'll feel differently this time around. Yeah. But um I almost wonder like I like I wonder if in an alternate universe where Lost came out um in sort of the in sort of more of an era of the modern internet, I wonder if it would have gone over better. Um as far as audience reaction. Cuz I feel like I feel like back then like I don't know, like when I but I see it's almost like a time capsule of all of these responses to the finale um, in like 2010. Hmm. All these people were like, "Not enough was explained." There's, you know, it's <laughs> like, "What the heck?" There is all of these like inconsistencies, blah blah blah. Yeah. Like I feel like you know, people might still be that way, but I feel like we're more forgiving and understanding, and and understand why the ambiguity. Like like as a movie going audience, at least I feel like people appreciate ambiguity more now than they did 10 years ago maybe i'm not entirely sure because just with how i see the internet um looking nitpicking and everything about a lot of movies i don't know how they would actually react i i I don't know you might actually get more people that enjoy the ending but i think you'll also get more angry people who hated the ending because I think it we're kind of in the world now where it's either one extreme or the other you'll either <laughs> absolutely love point. it or absolutely hate it there, yeah. there doesn't seem to be a middle ground anymore for people so that's, yeah that's probably that's fair. yeah yeah um there was an ARG actually for lost I think or something happened to it uh, I've yeah been actually, they um go on they did a. I I need to do more. Re- Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of documentation on it. I would love if someone like you like took a crack at it because yeah. like it's so hard to find stuff on it. Um, well, that's one that I've actually been wanting to do because it's another J.J. Abrams one, and I know there's yeah. a lot of people that give J.J. Abrams slack, but his ARGs <laughs> are usually pretty decent. Um, yeah. Whether it's the movie, that that's another story. But the actual ARGs he's made because I've covered his Super Eight and his Cloverfield, and both of them very interesting i mean i mean it's kind of my cup of tea uh a secret government government organization covering something up i i eat that stuff all the time i'm like oh my god yeah that's my i think you'll like the lost args then they did they did one in between each season so they had oh. yeah so like each one was kind of its separate own story um the unfortunate thing though and i think the difference and maybe Maybe you'll be able to notice. Maybe you won't. I, I, from what the research that I did, it didn't bother me. But um, apparently, like um, the uh, the media department that was assigned to do those ARGs had like no idea. Like they were not clued in on the creative decisions that were going to happen in in the next season of the show. Oh. So they were just kind of on their own as far as like using what was already there in the previous season and kind of using those aspects and making their own thing. 
which I think actually turned out really well, but it it may not feel, I don't know, maybe it won't feel cohesive compared to um, like the like the movie ARGs where it's like you've got this one thing yeah, um, well, and to, it's all tied in. To be honest, I've actually heard that a few times with alternate reality game creators. There was one... Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Kind of the process between the alternate reality game and the movie uh, it tends to be split apart, so you don't really hear too much. Um, the, it seems the, like such a missed opportunity. Yeah, it, it happened with the Beast ARG, with because I managed to get to speak oh. to a few people with that. I guess with it being one of the first ones, maybe that that's what it was, and every other one was perfect. But this one, apparently <laughs> they had this whole story planned because uh, they heard the synopsis of it, of what was kind of going to be happening. And then, then they kind of reworked kind of a story that was going to take place in this world and there and then they kind of had plans to where they were going to take it but then they eventually got to see the movie just before they were about to launch it and then they were like Uh wow this is this is kind of a tragedy no one's gonna want to follow this story afterwards so we're gonna have to restructure the whole story (laughs) into before it actually (laughs) took out so that's wild i know um I understand. I understand from like the studio's perspective, or even the producer's perspective, of like, well, I don't. I don't want my movie being spoiled by this like marketing team. Yeah. Like, like I understand that aspect. But if you have, I don't know. I feel like if you have intelligent enough people who, you know, like I feel like the marketing team would like get it. Like they would know. Like okay, we we shouldn't talk about this. Really leave this so it's just, it's just a, an opportunity to explore ideas and and ultimately get um an audience hooked on on the concepts before the movie gets released and then and then we get to see that come to fruition yeah well um, i think i think you need to kind of have that um you got to talk to each other because they're they're attached to the same brand and you're going to be exploring that universe so it'd be the best thing yeah. you can actually do is let them know what's in that world and then if you if there are specific things you don't want them to be mentioning you you list it um yeah exactly uh, yeah. well but i think the issue is uh for a lot of advertising companies like it's not a, something that's done in-house it's a separate company you contract to do it so there's a lot of risk that they'll spoil what you're having them yeah promote. So you you give them as as little as possible just to get the the point of the video across, but not the actual movie. That is true because um, AI. Well, actually, most movies are always by an, an actual film production, but the ARGs are created by Forty Two Entertainment, or the ones were in the uh, the original ones for, that were attached to movies. So it is two different productions working together. So I, I can see that. Um, oh, I just remembered. When we were talking about Marble Hornets uh, and where obviously everything started, found footage. Segue, see, to the oh, Blair Witch. Uh-huh. Yeah, you see, see, yeah. see. Hey, he's Blair Witch trying was to one pretend of... he's clever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I. I, I hey, Blair hey, Witch, we talked though. about this. Let the man follow his notes. I, Got my I, notes okay, here. I'm trying to segue. <laughs> no, but the Blair Witch was one of the very first with uh, found footage. I think there was. I think there was one before, like something like 1993 or something. Uh, someone brought up the name uh, of found footage, but Blair Witch was the one that attached yeah, it to Witch the internet. The first. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I I just I don't. You know. I I mean I'm definitely biased, but also, <laughs> like the other the other stuff that came out before is like, is this really? 
But there's one that was like in 93 that was like, I think it was called like Alien Invasion. It was just like, it was only found footage because it was like a homemade sci-fi movie. Like that's basically, which is a cool idea of like, that's like, you know, coming across this new genre of filmmaking almost accidentally. Mm -hmm. Um, But they definitely, I mean, it was certainly amateur hour. I mean, I don't want to be mean, but it's also like, (laughs) it was, yeah, not good. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, Blair Witch is so so good. <laughs> Blair Witch, though, I, I will say, is like the first for um the websites because it created a website right. and built its own lore around the Blair Witch, which I find is quite clever. It was one of the very first to properly do that. I mean, I think there was uh, Jurassic Park and uh, that tested out the waters with websites, but they never um. Yeah, had they a natural didn't take it lore. to the next level. Yeah, exactly. Blair Witch really went like, if you want to know what the Blair Witch is, you're not going to learn about it in the movie. It's here yeah. on the website because exactly. you don't need you don't need to know anything about the Blair Witch for for the movie. I th- I think there's that. Uh, I always think the the scariest thing for humans is the fear of the unknown, something that you can't explain. So the less yeah. you know about something, the better. And the more you reveal, the less it becomes scary. But I like with Blair Witch, if you watch the movie on its own, you don't know any, almost anything about it. It's left to theorize if the film students killed each killed the girl or and stuff like sure. that, or if, uh, whatever you want. But if you actually want to, you, you yourself want to explore it outside the movie, there's this website with the whole lore and, uh, and the history of what's happened at this particular forest. Yeah. Well, something, uh, something I sort of realized recently just kind of came to me as like, the the ending the ending to the Blair Witch project is I think it's still terrifying the audiences, but I think it goes to the next level when you understand the lore behind the reason why um you know people are standing in corners facing the wall. Like they don't really they don't uh the movie doesn't really go into depth articulating why they do that or like where that comes from but if you you know read up on the website you know read the lore oh yeah um, the rest and par making the the burkittsville seven the seven kids face the wall and killing each of that's, them that's that's a creepy easter egg actually yeah that guy when i heard that connection that was creepy <laughs> yeah because that's like that's like oh god that's like that's like next level like that to me that like opens the floodgates of like what what the ending means Mm-hmm. Um, like why why they're facing the wall so yeah so there's stuff like that where it's like man i'm you like almost need to like understand the lore to an extent to like have like the full experience to appreciate is, it more yeah yeah which is awesome um yeah. i love it i love it so much and i'm kind of uh not happy that the new blair witch game just like throws all that lore out the window <laughs> i only just started playing the game um but i got to like chapter four and i got lost i was wandering around for ages uh it's this particular part in the game where he's got a camera and he starts playing it and i think there's this kid playing with a fire truck that's lighting up by the campfire what i didn't know is that you're supposed to hold it right next to the campfire and watch the recording and then you put it down and the truck appears there i didn't do that i i just played it looked away nothing happened so i was like oh i guess i got to explore somewhere so i went yeah. around for i think a good 40 oh, minutes no. or something and i was like where the hell is everything so i just heard this booming music 
with with just nothing happening. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, that that kind of reminds me of. Um, I was never actually able to play this, but uh, there was this animator on Newgrounds who made an ARG of sorts. Like throughout all of his animations, he left little things in the the videos that no one would be able to notice. Uh, and afterwards, he was like, "Hey guys." I uh, actually put some hidden buttons in these animations. Uh, so, like, you had to go into his old animations, and there was, uh, like, a couple instances where, like, there's an asset on screen. And since it was Newgrounds, and since they use Flash Script or whatever they were using back then, you could actually program a button into an animation without anybody knowing. Because people go to Newgrounds for animations... They don't ever right. remember that you can press buttons uh, in a, a <laughs> That's video. That's wild. Oh. Yeah. So did they yeah. find it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, so someone won the, the prize, but it was just an interesting idea to have an ARG under somebody's nose the entire time, but they didn't realize it. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I remember yeah. you tried something on your website, you, Eric. You made you made a little website, and you... Yeah. Yeah, the riffcafe.com. No, .org. Riffcafe.org. He set up this website, and he's working on it with uh, with other people, and he introduced it to me, and I was like, ooh, you should have, like, a hidden page somewhere or something like this. Uh, right. And he and he got he got very smug at this point after I yeah, said I'm like, it. oh, I actually already put a button on this website, so just go to this page and you'll find it. And then he couldn't find it. And I was like, but, but it should be there. Uh hold on a sec so i went into the code and i could not for the life of me find my button so i'm like where's my button you lost your own ARG. he lost his own arg so that arg that he created has just gone into the abyss (laughs) oh and interestingly a couple of like a a couple weeks ago i was in a call with jamie again and i found the button oh yeah because i've changed the website just so much over the years i i uh ended up accidentally going into highlighting the button so it appeared and i'm like oh there's there's my button where was the button i don't know what you told me uh it was on the faq page oh um and i actually don't think i deleted it but i found it (laughs) did you you test out where it actually went uh no i deleted that page (laughs) so it does nothing all right so just sent you to nowhere (laughs) great i have my button though (laughs) <laughs> wow. Oh wow! A great, great times. Oh dear. Uh, but for those that were listening, uh, why we brought up the Blair Witch? It was because it's the twenty-year anniversary uh, of the Blair Witch. Uh, weren't you actually yes. planning to go to? Yeah, I was. So they were doing. So they're doing. Um, it's called the Blair Witch Experience. They do it every year, but this year is like a special year. Yeah. Um, they got like some of the cast and crew. Uh, and like the directors are going to be like at um like they're having a red carpet screening of the Blair Witch Project in Maryland, and then that weekend they are having like a tour of all the filming locations and like camping out in like the Black Hills Forest, stuff like that, which is all really really fun. And I'm I'm sad I'm going to miss it. I, I I was gonna was gonna go, but I just couldn't make it work out. Um, uh, so I'm, but next I'm, year, next, next year, year, next year, twenty one years, yeah, twenty one, yeah. <laughs> To be honest, that actually sounds really cool. I'd have probably just going into the Blair Witch Forest, um, camping out. I'd have been terrified, probably. You, you should I, come to the states and do it, man. I should. I'm serious. I really should. I was talking <laughs> to Eric just earlier um, about. 
I've always actually wanted to just stay in a haunted house or something like that just to test it out, just to see if I see anything. I've always been fascinated by yeah. the paranormal kind <laughs> oh, of experiences. Yeah. If if you ever end up in California, um, they have the Winchester House, which the is Winchester actually pretty house. close to oh, San, yeah. San Francisco, San Diego, San Diego. Can you can you stop in there or do you just explore? Yeah, they have tours. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, but the Winchester House is just a building that. Uh, there's this woman whose husband passed away. He made guns. And so oh. she thought she was haunted by the people who were killed by those guns. And so she kept building and building and building onto her house. So, yeah, it's a really nice, interesting yeah, house. It's really there's pretty. some doors it's that beautiful. lead to nowhere and so on and so forth. <laughs> <Yeah>. Really? <laughs> so it's yeah. like a little fun house. Yeah, oh. it really is. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, uh, have you ever actually seen the movie, Jamie? No, no, I haven't. Oh, there's a movie called Winchester. It's a. I think I saw a trailer for it. Was it a new one, like a few um, years ago? Yeah, probably a year or two. Yeah, yeah. Um, did anyone see it? <laughs> yes, I didn't oh. see it. Oh, you didn't see it. What was it like, um, Eric? Well, um, <laughs> it was a horror movie. <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't terrible. Like I, I, I found it very fascinating. Uh, seeing them go through the house because from what I understand, they couldn't actually record on site. So they had to make their own sets of the Winchester mansion. Oh, so it was, it was interesting to see how the house was constructed, learn some of the, the lore for it. Um, and then an earthquake happens at the end. So <laughs> great. <Wow. laughs> that was, that's, 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 I know I was just going to go see it now and now you've ruined it. I but, just don't well, I mean, I went to a, a couple of uh, videos talking about it afterwards and some of them were like, oh yeah, it takes place during this earth famous earthquake from way back when. And it's like, okay, so that's the climax of the movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, but, yeah, that's interesting. I feel like that could have been cool. <laughs> it's not. Maybe if it was done it right. It sounds like it. Well, I mean, like, um, what comes to mind is like, um, how the scary stories tell in the dark movie, like, used. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't want to spoil too much because it does it really, really well, but uses, um, the era of the '60s to its maximum potential. Like, there's very specific thematic reasoning for why it takes place at that time period. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it's great. That's that's God. Talk about good movies. That's yeah, that, I, I watched that not too long ago. That was a nice movie. It's kind of the same for Winchester. Like, there's there's a was that a good movie that we follow the main <laughs> character. <laughs> All right. uh, I'm a bad reviewer. Uh, that's why I analyze things instead. <laughs> Looney reviews. That's that, that should be a new YouTube channel. Yeah, Looney reviews. So it was there was stuff that went on. It was pretty good. There's an earthquake at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, it was uh, a horror end, movie. Everyone yeah. dies, movie. so don't get attached to anyone if you watch it. Um, <laughs> like I did. <laughs> Burst into tears. Like it ruined me for years. Oh, but you watched it last week. <laughs> years. How do you guys feel about the paranormal then in the real world? Does anyone believe in ghosts? I. Hmm. That's <laughs> a tricky. That's a tricky question. Do you believe there's something out there then? How about that? Oh, for sure. Um, but I'm too I'm too busy utilizing it to uh uh to freak other people out and to tell <laughs> great stories. So, I'm just trying to, you know, that's yeah, yeah. sort of like 
it's like being um it's like being like uh uh like one of those um like like the 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 seance people i forgot what they're called i sound really stupid right now um i know who you mean but like yeah they're like utilizing this stuff and doing all like the smoke and mirrors and tricks and it's Mm -hmm. like do you ever like do they actually ever stop and think like oh is this stuff like actually out there or am i just (laughs) does it actually exist yeah Mm -hmm. what do you know how i feel (laughs) what about you eric um i haven't experienced any supernatural events personally um, well, eh, that's kind of a lie. Uh, there was only one, one or two instances where I can think of something that happened that shouldn't have, uh, that seemed kind of supernatural, but I chalked it up to, oh, maybe it was a uh, trick of the light or maybe uh muscle spasm, that kind of thing. Right. Um, when I was, when I just moved into this room that I'm currently in, um, I was recording something just some random voice acting and I was really getting into it. And then I felt something on my shoulder and I like twitched at it and looked behind me. There's nothing there. It kind of felt like someone had grabbed my shoulder. Um, but I'll, I just chalked it up to ah, maybe a muscle spasm, uh, really kind of <laughs> spooked me for a second there though. You've told me that, well, you've, some of your friends believe that your room is haunted, don't they? Uh, yeah. Um, when I wow. was, Yeah. <laughs> the room I'm currently in is haunted. Um, actually, last week my I, I uh, had had a busy Saturday. Um, I went and and did a few things around uh, the neighborhood, and then I came home uh, with my friend. Did a podcast real quick, and then uh, around like six, I left, and I was out of the house from like six to eleven at night. So I was gone for a long time. Uh, when I came home, I got some food and I was heading to my room and my brother was watching TV in the family room and he was like, oh, you went to go get food? Kind of implying that I was there recently. And uh, so I was like, no, I've, yeah, I uh, got some food on my way home, been gone since like six. And he's like, he he kind of has this shocked face, like what? what? Uh, and then he tells me, well, your room's haunted then. Uh, and so I was like, wait, what? Um, and he, he tells me that before he went on his, his, uh, late night jog, cause he does that every night. Um, my room was, my room light was on and somebody was talking in there. Uh, so Whoa. yeah, I guess my room's haunted. <laughs> oh. I just feel like it's rude to be like, like, I liked how, like he totally jumped the gun. He didn't say like, oh Yeah. Like there's, there was like, someone was talking in that room. He's like, nope, nope, your room's nope, haunted. It's, it's haunted. It yeah. has to be a ghost. There's yeah. no other explanation. Yeah. It's like uh, an apocalypse scenario and you immediately go to cannibalism. Like there's yeah. no. Like, there's no in between. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of saying it as a joke, but uh, there there is no explanation behind why that happened. Because again, I was I was gone for... Uh, a good few hours and on top of that my computer was off so there's literally nothing else in my room that could make noise and no reason why my light would be on mm. mm-hmm. from my personal experience um i'm always skeptical i mean i love hearing stories from what everyone has about the paranormal um and i i don't doubt for a second that they believe what they saw yeah uh, but because it's not 
I haven't experienced it. I can't say that, you know, oh, they must be telling the truth. Because from my own experience, and I'll tell you this story that happened when I was really young, but there's two perspectives to it. Um, and I'll tell the first perspective from my parents. Uh, we were in an old house when I was, I think it was between the ages of three to eight, my age, um, before we moved out. And in this house, uh, there was my room and my brother's room, and I would never sleep in my room. Uh, there was odd occasions where I would, but most of the time I would sleep in my brother's room. And uh, my parents just thought, oh, they, they just want to, you know, they're in that room. They, they, that's just what kids are doing. They, they prefer to be with each other because uh, they're brothers. And then when we moved out, uh, I think it was in 2004, there was a few years later where they bumped into my neighbors and they accidentally let it slip that in my bedroom was the same room that the previous owner killed herself. And Whoa. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I think there's a law where you're not, where when you're selling a house, you're supposed to tell people if they've been killed themselves or there's been a murder yeah. in it. And I don't think they told my parents because my parents didn't know <laughs> that there was someone killed in that oh, room. Oh, no. So they, <laughs> obviously angry at that, but then they're, they're thinking, well, Jamie, he never slept. He never liked sleeping in that room. He always slept in my in his brother's room. So mm. they go around telling everyone this story, and and you know everyone who's a believer in ghosts is like, oh, he must have he must have felt a presence. And my parents are thinking, <laughs> oh my god, they must have he must have seen something maybe when he was younger. Uh, so so that's their perspective. So now I'm going to tell you my perspective of the story. Uh -huh. um, I just thought my brother had two really cool beds. And I just like sleeping in that particular bed um, better than my room because he had like a bunk bed. One was on the ground and then one was on the top. And I liked the one underneath. And I was like, yeah, this is a cool bed. And even when we moved out, we switched beds. That bed went in my room because I, I really wanted that particular bed. Um, but isn't it interesting how two completely different perspectives and just one coincidence, all of yeah. a sudden, it can look like a haunted you know, I it, it almost looks like I felt a presence when I was younger. When I didn't, I, I just really liked that bed <laughs> and did, yeah, did I, sleep. I just want to be comfy for the night. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I remember when I when I was there, I, I've slept in that room several times, but I never felt any bad energy, as people refer to, or anything like that. And I didn't know anything about yeah. you know the woman being killed, and neither did my parents. But isn't yeah. it interesting that the second you know something has happened all of a sudden you're feeling bad vibes you're feeling exactly. certain things yeah well that's yeah that's why for me like i like i think i think like hauntings and the paranormal thing is super fun for me because it to me it says a lot more about the human psyche than anything else yeah like you have these like preset like like you have these pretenses in your mind and then you start like creating because you like you you're the one setting the tone and the atmosphere in the room um and so you can almost make these things happen i mean it's the same it's the same theory with how um ouija boards actually work which is the the um the ideomotor effect which is basically like when you have like a group of people touching um the glass piece it will move and no one believes that they're the ones moving it but everyone because it's a group effort everyone is subconsciously moving it but yeah. they don't they don't believe it but mm -hmm. it's happening and you can see that actually measured in, in other like with like say seances and, and automatic writing and stuff so the i think 
I think more than anything, it, it, all of that just says how, um, how impactful like pretense is and how impactful, like if you want something to happen, like you're going to, like your subconscious is going to make it happen, which is endlessly fascinating to me. I think it is. Uh, yeah. Th there's always that phrase, isn't it? That the mind will play tricks on you whenever you can as well. And, right. Um, I knew, I knew a friend, I, I spoke to Eric about this as well with, um, she, she's aware of it, but she, when, when there's silence in her house or anything like that, she can almost hear a whisper in the corner of her ear, ear but she doesn't connect it to a ghost. She thinks it's something wrong with her mind that when, when something goes quiet, she'll hear like a voice in the corner of her ears. Mm. Um, and she isn't quite sure what it is, but she knows it's her mind doing it. Yeah. And it makes me wonder how many other people have that similar thing, but they connect it to a ghost, you know, or, yeah. or something in that house. Um, it, it's fascinating that, you know, just like you said, the human psyche and, and, and just the brain itself, the things that it can create. I mean, when we, we go to sleep, we dream, we have these images in our head that we can picture while also, you know, with um, not, not appearing in front of us. It's right. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so still speaking with the topic of ghosts, and I'm not obviously looking at my notes in any way here, uh, shape or form, uh, yeah. we can move on to a show that was um, that took place in 19... Is it 1993 or 1994? It's, I'm not... I, th I think it's two or three, so it's probably three. It's probably three. But this was... Uh, this caused... I looked into it. Uh, probably one of the biggest controversial shows to ever air on the BBC, and it was to do... <laughs> with uh, ghosts uh called so awesome ghost watch have you just seen it recently yes yeah, yeah. i just rewatched it um oh re it's available it. yeah yeah rewatched it ah. um but it's available um for free on um on the internet archive archive.org i believe i should right. i should post the link here at some point um but <laughs> it's uh yeah gosh it's so good it's good because um, uh, it's very very subtle throughout like the majority of it and Absolutely. just slowly cranks up the the intensity um until you get the ending yeah which i really love <laughs> i don't feel like it's cheesy at all i, I really i really really like it i do really um, like it it's it's very interesting i love um the i love kind of the whole design behind it and the marketing behind it because they didn't promote it as fictional and it came right. on at a particular time as well. I think someone actually said it started five minutes uh, before it should have done as well. So it actually cut out the intro for most people tuning in. So uh, they actually missed that intro. Yeah, so they just smart. tuned in, yeah, to like this whole live event taking place. And it had celebrities that everyone knew at the time. Right. Um, that like the there's the interviewer who was I think a kids kids show host, and then the other one was um, I can't remember his name, but he's been in shows such as Red Dwarf and uh, a popular soap opera over here called Coronation Street. Um, and so they they were both around at the time uh, hosting this, so people had no reason to believe it being fictional because it it was in 1993, like you said, assuming it's 1993. Right. So it was before anything like a hoax really took place properly um yeah. you know we didn't even have blair witch then you know that took place right. took the internet to the opportunities and apparently it got around twenty thousand calls in on that one night after it finished and it got so bad that they had to the the actress had to come on the next day uh on her i think it was the kids show or, or like this little 
there was this weird show I remember watching when I was young because it was still going, but they, they kind of sit in this little cupboard with a bunch of pictures behind them. And I think she had to come on in this particular time slot and just announce that she was still alive because there were so many people confused and thought she had died. That's incredible. Yeah, and uh, the BBC kind of blocked it. It didn't release anything of it until around 2003 or 2002. So they, they wouldn't yeah. air it or anything. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, I guess... Uh, did we give a bit of a synopsis of it? I, I guess you, you could give it a bit of a synopsis just for Eric to know because Eric hasn't seen it. I don't. Oh, I yeah. Don't oh, Eric, not. you got it. You got to <laughs> check it out. It's... um. So the whole idea is like it's like sort of like a paranormal investigation into this one specific house where there's like things that are that have happened in the past relating to it's very similar to the um uh like it's uh like it's these two girls and this mother that live in this house and that setup sort of reminds me of i and i'm sure it's inspired by the um uh, the same stuff that happened uh that the uh the the conjuring movies are are based on yeah which is um uh i can't remember the the name of that family but it all feels very reminiscent of of that sort of like paranormal like hauntings in the uk that's true um yeah and so and so so but it's this whole like um that they have like infrared cameras and all this stuff so it's like a ghost it's like a ghost show but it's all happening in real time and it's not cheesy like ghost adventure shows are now. Like yeah. It was very, it was very played very mild, yeah. um, which I think a lot of the the the, the British uh, dryness of it really helped with all, all of that. Like, I, yeah, they do like, though. I, I love that stuff. It's it's very different to uh, American shows because I <laughs> I think they're kind of similar to it now. Britain just seemed to have this. We just show it. <laughs> we don't. Right. We don't add any music to anything, which can work in certain areas. But oh my god, when we try to adapt American shows that do not work without that stuff, oh my god, <laughs> is it boring? Yeah. Um, it's uh, wow. Do you remember Impractical Jokers, which I think is in America? Yes. With the whole yes. th- there's jump cuts and everything like that, and it gets on with right. the story. There's a UK version of it, and it is so boring. <laughs> It, it's so awkward because there's no music there's no jump cuts or anything like that it's literally just there and you just see the full thing play out and and, and the, because we got that, that accent as well the monotone accent just taking place it's just sure. it's so boring and i'm like oh my god and, and and the thing is we're not as extreme as well so our little right. pranks are like really tiny things that like 12 year olds would come up with or something like that so it's like <laughs> oh my god what are you doing <laughs> oh man but but when it comes to horror like that stuff is like oh yeah it's like perfect it's like you need uh, it's it. like a yeah it's a breath of fresh air compared to and i feel like ghost that's, adventures that's the one thing <laughs> yeah exactly that's the thing i would criticize about american uh, horror content is that it's just too it's too over the top in a lot of ways it's too um, as much as i enjoy it yeah yeah uh, as much as i enjoy a lot of it it's too tacky i feel it can also be a little bit too formulaic um like if, yeah if there's they the way they slowly build it up you know oh there's gonna be a jump scare they're gonna have a jump scare oh it's a fake out i wonder if the up oh, there's the junk jump scare <laughs> Yeah, yeah yeah there's that similar tone isn't there where uh, the music is going really high then just cuts out and there's silence 
So you just know that there's going to be a jump scare at that or a loud noise at that point. It's like yep. music builds up, fades out, silence for a few seconds, loud noise, and yeah, cycle yeah. repeats. But uh, I think we were probably more more referring to like ghost adventures where um, there's this music going on. And I think with American as well, with the American accent, they overreact to everything. Because I've watched oh, that show. Yeah, it drives me it's nuts. Like, um, it's like so something funny. rattles in the back. Yeah. It's like the tiniest sound, and they're like cursing. It's like they all are. bleeps. They're like, what's like, that? Oh, my, oh God. my God. Dude, what oh, the heck? Josh, what the f- <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the South Park parody of... Uh, I, I can't remember the actual show. It was something similar to Ghost Adventures. But they, oh, they, God, I haven't seen that. Oh, you great, need though. to watch it. It's so funny. They're literally in the car on the way. Because I think the kids hire these. Uh, they're, they're like, oh, we got to hire them to because our house is haunted. And they appear and they're like, we're here <laughs> traveling down to South Park. And what was that? Did you hear that? And they're just in the car. They're not even anywhere near anyone. And then they get into the, and then they introducing. They're not even filming at this point, and they're just shaking the parents' hands, and they're going, "It's a pleasure to meet you." Did you hear that? What was that? Oh my god! <laughs> or I, I think that it leads to the extreme where they piss themselves. Yeah, they like, do. Oh my gosh, there's this mysterious liquid. It's coming over right in front of us. Oh, well, God. it doesn't help that these are all like like frat dudes that are yeah. just like yeah. like bros just hanging oh. out. It's like like I just don't. Like, I wish, like, different people would be, like, doing the Ghost Adventure shows, because then I would watch the crap out of that. But it's always the frat dudes. Always it the is. frat dudes. What's his name? Is it is it Zach, I think, from Ghost Adventures? He makes me laugh. I, I, I find him entertaining just because, just how he performs it in a lot of his episodes, where he'll he'll be he'll be smiling a lot or something, like, yeah, oh my god, we're, we're hearing this noise. And then one of his crewmates will make a joke, and that smile will drop, and he's like, what'd you say? It's like the, I was like, what? Did you say? Where did, what did that, why did that change? You look like you're going to beat the shit out of your cameraman. He just said a joke. Like, you, you're talking bad about me? It's just, it made me laugh so much. Yeah, they're so, like, wired. I, I swear they, like, drink, like, like, ten cups of coffee right before filming because they're always so jittery and, like, wiry. It's like, guys, just calm down. Just take a breather. Oh dear! I've always wanted on one of those shows to, you know, when they're picking up the noise, uh, the ghost is saying something. I yeah. always wanted to hear just like a ghost say something like "fuck off," and then they go, "Did you hear that? I think it said hello." It's just like, <laughs> let's replay that. <laughs> Instant replay. Yeah. That's like sport. It's like football. Yeah. Oh my god. That's oh. insane, but yeah. So, so Ghost Watches is, is not like that at all, which is why it's good. Um, you and it's also it to me. all or- obviously orchestrated. Yeah, I'm I'm totally sending you the link. You have to watch this right after. Yeah, you'll have after. It'll, yeah, yeah. Have immediately to. after. When I'm probably going immediately to after. <laughs> it's only like uh, it's only like forty minutes or something. Like it's it's really not that long. Okay, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, I think it's just. Just under an hour from what I remember from watching, I think. Okay. That yeah, yeah. Right. It's not bad. It's it, yeah, because it, it is all happening live and it's it, it's it is well, fun. live, live, quote unquote. Oh yeah, live, quote unquote. Yeah. That's what I meant. It, that's Which the is genius. Yeah, I love that. Exactly. Um, concept of like doing stuff that's like live because it's a different. It's a totally a different feel than like something that's edited. Yeah, it feels more genuine when you have this. You have like so much of the of the idea of like what the heck is going on right now because every everyone's confused like the cameraman's confused 
uh, the people in the studio are confused. Like you have a lot of stuff like that where stuff happens and everyone's like, no one, no one knows what to do. There's like these moments of like, um, that just feel so authentic of like, um, like even like, uh, like the bickering between characters just feels really genuine. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my god, this is so good. This is this is what I wish horror was like all the time. <laughs> I yeah. personally really do enjoy the phone calls when they the phone calls come in. Uh, oh, yeah. and certain things are happening there where where I love it how the audience is trying to figure out what's going on in the story behind the house and there's certain people that have experienced it and they, they start telling stories and you have to connect it together of what exactly happened in that house. Um Yeah. yeah I, I do that I really did enjoy that. Uh and it's so it totally they totally mess with the audience too, because yeah. I I don't want to spoil too much, but there's um there's like some footage that they show where there's like there's like something in the background that's like really really creepy um mm-hmm. and they and and then uh at the studio they're like they're like oh we're getting phone calls people are saying that there's like something creepy that happened in the background in this one video and they're like what okay let's replay that video and they replay it and it's oh, not yeah. there anymore oh i yeah i remember that that's yeah that's really good um, the only other, I think, show that did something <laughs> so <live>. mean <laughs> to their audience. It I is, love it. it's it so is great. The fact that they saw something, it's not there. Uh, yeah, the only other show that I think did something similar, but it wasn't obviously a Ghost Watch show, but it was Inside Number Nine, and they did it last year. I kind of liked what they did just because they adapted to the internet. So they had to, uh, you know, switch it up because uh, because the internet the people are a lot more skeptical these days, right? Um, so they so they had to um, perform their show, have it go wrong, and then r- have a rerun of another episode and pretend that um, that you know that they're just you're just watching an actual um, older episode for a good two minutes. That's a long time for an audience wow. of this day and age to actually just yeah. watch that, thinking that it's just you know a new the the original episode i mean God, i remember so when weird. i yeah i remember when i watched it live um i was watching it with my parents and they were they were gonna switch it over when it happened but i was like i oh, just keep it on because it's it's the older episode i like this one <laughs> uh I, I was thinking that it was that you know when it when the audio was kind of getting muffly and going off i was thinking to myself what if it well i didn't think to myself i told my parents i was like what if this is actually part of the thing and it, it's it's supposed to be like that because this is these guys that would that would come to that conclusion they're gonna make something go wrong but then my parents yeah. were just looking at me like i don't think it is jamie and and they convinced me that no i think it's actually going wrong and so when the news lady came on and said that oh we're gonna have to cancel it i was disappointed and i was like oh it's my parents they've convinced me that it actually did go wrong and so, but but luckily we did switch the channel, and then when it came that these ghosts appeared, I was like, I knew it! it it's it's oh. and then it just got really meta. Uh, <laughs> where we so actually, cool. yeah, they actually started. Um, they got texts from people saying that they were live on on TV uh, while they were in the dressing room because the ghosts had hacked the security cameras. So when they switched on the TV to BBC Two, they saw themselves there. And then they sent out a live tweet saying, can you guys see us right now um, to see if what was happening? And obviously um, thousands of people were, were watching the interactivity happen on Twitter because that was happening live and it was uh, really clever. And there's a video now 
of the guy who did the music for it. He did a vlog, a 25-minute vlog, uh, of him preparing all the sounds and things he had to play live because the music was done live. Uh, oh, wow. So, yeah, so they... Because they, even the performances were... The only thing that weren't were the pre-recorded clips, like the the actual old footage that they played over it. But everything else was performed live. Um and so he had to do the music at the right times, and, the, and he actually filmed himself while he was doing it live. So you, there's actually a video out now. Um, maybe I'll probably see if I can leave a link on the on the podcast for that for anyone interested. But that was really yeah, cool. I, I want to watch it now. Yeah, well, I'll, like, I'll send got you me it. Hooked. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link to it uh, after we've done. Um, which I think we've kind of can bring to a conclusion now because I think we've gone over pretty much everything we were gonna talk about. Unless if there's anything you want to add, Aiden. Uh, anything about TSV or anything that you're working on before we uh, draw it to a close? Um, so the moral of the story is is check out TSV, watch Blair Witch Project, <laughs> and watch Ghost Watch. Those are your three assignments. Yes. Every, everyone who's listening. Yes, every, um, every time you watch the original podcast, you're given homework assignments because you'll never truly leave school. <laughs> oh, no, and on that depressing note uh, we'll say goodbye <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you all guys for watching obviously you can follow Aiden Elliott uh, on Twitter or TSV um, what is your is there any way you want people to follow or anything to plug Aiden um, um, just my I mean, the best way to like know what I'm up to is just follow my my personal Twitter Aiden Elliott um Spelt with two A's, two L's, two T's, all of the, all the thing, all the double letters. Um, <laughs> it's uh, what's that? I'll link it in uh, the description so people can see it. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, between that and my YouTube channel, and that's really awesome. Those are best ways to to keep up with what I'm doing. Fabulous. All right. Uh, thank you all for watching, and we'll see you in the next episode.